you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. So I do want to let you know that as I start that this morning uh, definitely is an act of obedience uh, for me, and I'm going to let you know why. So normally, you know, when Caleb asked me to preach, or for those of you who don't know, I'm also the youth pastor, uh, so you know, whenever I speak to the kids, I like to be at least somewhat prepared. Uh, I usually have some notes, I'll have my iPad, and I'll be scrolling through that. And in preparing for the Palm Sunday uh, message, it just wasn't coming together. Like every time I'd have a thought, just something was, when I tried to put it to paper, it just wasn't making sense. It wasn't going, I was getting a little frustrated with it. And I'm sharing this with you. Uh, one, to be honest, yes, as a disclaimer, a little bit. Uh, but I also believe that there's a teachable moment in here that, so the Holy Spirit told me very clearly, and I am familiar with this feeling uh, for, from doing the youth for two years now, that there's sometimes when the Holy Spirit says, hey, I just want to hear your heart. And so he said, clearly put the notepad away, just bring up your Bible. So this is the first time I, I think uh, on a Sunday morning that you know, I've just came up here with my Bible and I'm going to, I know what I'm gonna read. I have read it a couple times, just so you know at least that much. Um, I have some things in my head, but I'm really just gonna let uh, the Holy Spirit just speak. Uh, it's probably going to be a little bit different than last night, and a good chance it'll be a little bit different at 11. But so, <laughs> here we go. And uh, if you can, actually, I do want everybody to close their eyes right now, because I kind of, I just want to get you in the frame of mind. Uh, and Caleb touched on it a little bit, but, you know, on Palm Sunday, the palms, you know, they're a, a sign of, of triumph, of victory over death. So with everybody's eyes closed, just, I want you to posture yourself from victory right now. Because to be absolutely honest, I, I couldn't stop thinking about the message today, a little bit of nerves. I was thinking a lot about golf and the message at four in the morning. I just, it was both of them in there. And so I'm about two and a half hours of sleep. And maybe you're tired, maybe you're, in a rough spot, uh, just in the weekend, in life, whatever that is, I don't want that to change your posture right now. Your position should never move your posture of victory. Jesus rode in on the donkey knowing what he was going to, knowing where he was headed. His position did not change his posture of this is my assignment. This is what I'm here to do. So I want you to hear everything that I'm about to say through that posture of victory, triumph, victory over death. Regardless of what position in life you are right now, regardless of how tired you are right now, that does not change your posture. So... It might be a little bit of processing this morning as Holy Spirit is giving me things. Let's go with the golf thing, because I don't know, that's on my mind right now. For those of you who don't know, I, I do, I absolutely love to golf. I've been golfing since I was 15 years old. Um, 
golfing for, so, I don't know, 20, 20 years now. Finally just fixed a major part of my golf game uh, about six months ago. I was going to give up. I was like, I'm just done. I'm just, I, it, there was a part of my game that just made it not fun. And weirdly enough, after a three-minute YouTube video, and I went back out, and Holy Spirit actually told me, because I, I also don't like doing things by myself. Uh, I've never been out to eat by myself. I've never been to a movie by myself. Uh, and I've never been golfing by myself. And Holy Spirit said, all right, I want you to go and spend time with me. I'm like, on a golf course? Like this, that seems like, I mean, fun to me. Also, I don't know, Holy Spirit, if you've seen, there have been some, some times that I've had to pray after my golf game. Had to pick up some clubs out of the woods and you know, one club turned into two at different times. But I went and it was incredible. Like, I mean, there was times I legit, I cried on the golf course. Holy Spirit was showing me so many incredible things. And the reason why I'm bringing all that up is back to the you know, position and the posture. I just feel like somebody needs to hear that, that no matter where you are at, see, if you don't know anything about golf, but it's, you know, right in the middle, you have the fairway. And that, I mean, that's where you want to be. That's the ideal. When you, when you drive the ball, your first hit, you want to be in that fairway. That gives you the best position to get up on the green. It is more often than not that I am not in the fairway <laughs> off of that first, you know, depending on how aggressive I hit it, you know, it's just time of day, maybe there's a bird that flew by me, anything, anything can set it off. But I've learned something in the 20 years of golfing that no matter what, every single shot, no matter where I'm at, if I'm in the rough, if I'm behind a tree, I, I went with Dave not too long ago and I literally was right behind a tree and it just, it had this little V in it. And I was like, I could go around, but what if I make it right through that? How epic will that be? And so in my mind, I had to position myself for victory and put out the possibility that if this hits this tree and either comes back at me or comes back at Dave, this, he's got video of it. This, this video might go viral if one of us get hurt. But I couldn't think like that. I said, no, irregardless of my position, I, I'm going to posture myself for victory. So I did everything that I could and I, I calculated it out. I got the right club, I got everything and I did. I, I split that tree and I ended up fairly close to the green. It was, he caught it on video. I have watched it a few times and showed people because I was pretty proud of that. And so, I'm saying all that just to say, no matter what your position is, no matter what life has thrown at you, no matter what, think of all the things that Jesus went through to get to this point, good and bad. Even at times when they wanted to make him king before it was his time, it didn't change his posture of he knew where the victory lied. 
he knew what the road was to victory. And on that road, like I said, I mean, he rode in on a donkey. He rode, he was in rest. He was resting on a donkey as they were waving palms into what he knew, okay, this is, this is it. All, everything that has happened has led me up to this point. So no matter your position, look at the posture of Jesus. Don't change your posture. It always needs to be victory. It always needs to be triumph. Victory over death all the time. I'm running out of time. I said none of that last night, just so you know. That was just for you guys right now. All right, so John 12, let me try and get through this. Six days, before, uh, six days before the Passover began, Jesus went back to Bethany, the town where he had raised Lazarus from the dead. They had prepared uh, supper for Jesus. Martha served, and Lazarus and Mary were among those at the table. Mary picked up an alabaster jar filled with nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume, the purest extract of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet, then wiped them dry, with her long hair and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house but judas the locksmith simon's son the betrayer spoke up and said what a waste we could have sold that perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor in fact judas had no heart for the poor he only said this because he was a thief and in charge of the money case he would steal money whenever he wanted from the funds given to support jesus's ministry jesus said to judas leave her alone she has saved it for the time of my burial. You will always have the poor with you, but you will not, you won't always have me. So I'm going to pick this apart a little bit. So in that beginning there, again, Jesus, he's coming into Bethany. He knows what's going to happen and he chooses to rest. He's coming to rest at Simon's house. He's sitting with Simon. He's sitting with Lazarus, among others. Judas is clearly there. It made me think about uh, Psalms 23, and this is out of the, the King James Version. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Jesus is sitting at the table and I think about this, so on his way to be crucified, Jesus is sitting there, and what is he, what is he surrounded himself with? His miracles. The people that he healed, Simon from leprosy, uh, Lazarus from the dead, and I'm sure there was others around there. Like, Jesus is coming to Bethany to rest, to eat supper, on his way to the cross. And then Judas is there. And when this says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In, I believe it's in Mark's account of this, because it says that Mary anointed his feet and she wiped it with her hair. And Mark says that she anointed his head and that it ran down to his feet. And I'm like, that one, that's a lot of oil. Since I was a liter of oil, that's a lot of oil to anoint somebody like that. I can imagine what it smelled like. 
I mean, I know sometimes like if one of my daughters gets a hold of the perfume and just a few too many sprays, I mean, we got to open up a window. And so a liter of this extremely costly perfume, I just, I don't know, God just kept giving me this visual of what it was for her to, you know, didn't have the little vial and just dip it and mm, there you go. I don't know if that's my AG days or what, but you know, that's, that's not how it went down. Like she was like, I am going to pour this in. I'm going to anoint the king right now. And there's two things in that. Is one, they're saying that, you know, this, this liter of oil, that was, that was her inheritance. You know, Judas gets mad because of how much it was. So not even just the oil, but the alabaster jar, they said that even having that was expensive. So breaking that open and in, in Mark, uh, oh, look at that. Flipped right to it. That means I have to read it now. Mark 14, and so this is his account in verse six. Uh, Jesus said to them, leave her alone. Why are you so... Uh, critical of this woman, she has honored me with this beautiful act of kindness. You will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. That was a little bit further. That was my next point. See, that's what happens when you don't have notes. That was my next point that I'll get to in a second. It does say in there, though, that this was her inheritance. And it got me thinking about this is what was supposed to be passed on to the next generation. This is what, I mean, this was her nest egg. This was her thing. She could have, it was a symbolic thing, so she could have taken a little bit. She could have maybe purchased some different oil. But she took her inheritance for the one that was going to be our inheritance. In uh, Romans 8, verse 16, this for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being. You are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We also inherit all that he is and all that he has. I believe now, I don't necessarily have Bible to back this up, so we're gonna say this is a Jimmy thought here, that I believe Mary took her inheritance, her earthly inheritance, because she knew, something in her knew that this was gonna be the inheritance of the world that Jesus, she was anointing the one that was going to be our inheritance, that we have everything. We have access, all the access that Jesus has, we now have. And Mary, she anointed his head. She anointed his feet. She wiped it. She said, I will give my everything because what more can God do with this? What more can Jesus do with my inheritance that now, now, yes, maybe that would have went to one, two generations, her oil. 
now the father's oil, the father's inheritance. Wow. How many generations is that going? And so what I am taking from this and what I want hopefully you to take from this is when is the last, when's the last time you gave your all for another generation? Wow. When is the last time you gave your everything? And this is not by no means, please, this is not a feel bad. This is not a condemning thing. I'm saying this is an opportunity. Yeah. This is an opportunity to look at saying, what do I have? What am I storing up? What am I holding on to? That would be so much more valuable at the feet of Jesus. That would be so much more valuable. What, what thing am I waiting? What am I waiting for? Mary knew. Mary knew what was about to happen. Mary knew where Jesus was going. She said, with what you're going to do, take this. Take this because what you're able to do with it is so much more than what I'm going to be able to do with it. That was such a selfless act on Mary's part. And of course, and it made Judas mad. And we know, and it says in the scriptures, he, didn't, he wasn't genuinely upset about the poor. Right. Right. He had his own self-serving purposes. And I'm going to tell you, to me, that's, that's a warning right there of you've got to be careful who you're around when you're giving your all. Wow. Because there will, there will be people that say that's dumb that's not you're never going to get a return on that mary was not worried about the return she just knew in that moment in that moment i know what i have to give and sometimes i think blocking out the world around us and that's actually that's when jesus told judas leave her alone she has saved it for the time of my burial you'll always have the poor you won't always have me. And this is the part that I meant to read. I like how it says it in Mark. So Jesus told them, leave her alone. Why are you so critical of this woman? She has honored me with this beautiful act of kindness. You will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want. But you will not always have me. When I read that, I was like, it, I'm not going to lie. It hurt, it hurt my pastor's heart a little bit. I was like, Jesus, how could you? You know, even though I know Judas's motives were whatever, I'm like, that still doesn't make it untrue that she could have sold that and helped a whole lot of people. And so I, I'm like, Jesus, why? Like, there's a lot of times when I'm reading in the word, I'm like, why? What was the point of that? And I really believe that he was saying it's about the moments, yeah. not wasting the moments. And even today with uh, this weekend with the baby dedications, like it really made me think, and this is not just for the new parents, uh, but, and not even just parents, but for everybody, like husbands, wives, friends, like you got to take that moment. She knew right then, this is Jesus in front of me. I'm going to give, I'm going to give everything right now. Could I use it somewhere else? Absolutely. Would it benefit me? Could I, could she have rationed it? I mean, there's so many different possibilities, but there's going to be a time when God is looking at you in the face and saying, are you going to give me everything right now, irregardless of if it makes sense or not? Because you don't know what he's going to do with it. Sometimes, 
And, and Jesus wasn't asking for this gift, but I'm feeling that this is supplies here. Like when God asks you for something, he will not always tell you why. He will not always show you the full benefit of what it's going to do. I was that guy that I wanted the puzzle pieces. I wanted to know. I wanted to plan out. And I tried to plan. I planned to never move to Florida. That was 11 years ago. When I got here, I planned to never be a part of church. I didn't want to do anything. I was here two years and I'm out going back to Michigan. When God gives you something, he, he's going to give you just enough to see what are you going to do? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me? If we sometimes I really do believe if we know too much of the picture, we'll end up putting our own hand on it. If Mary knew too much of the picture, she might have put her own hand on it. Judas, you know, let, let's say that his, his, his motives were pure. We know they weren't, but let's say that they were. That was him putting his motives, his understanding of what we could do with finances. God doesn't need to make sense, y'all. He will do so much more abundantly with whatever little bit we have. It seems like a giant amount to us, whether it's time, money, relationships, where we live. It seems huge. God was like, you have no idea what little piece of your life this is. And in your hands, yes, it'll affect a few. But at the feet of Jesus, this is going to affect generations and generations and generations for the ones that agree and don't agree. Are you willing to give your all for the ones that even don't agree with you? Because they said that it was soaked into his feet. So even in my mind's eye, the way I see it, the ones who were at the feet of Jesus, nailing him to the cross, they're saying that when it pierced his feet, that it's likely that they could smell that fragrance. So, are you willing to give your all even for the ones who are going to crucify you? Is, uh, do we mean what we say is everybody to die for? Because that's what Mary gave into. And the last thing that I'm going to just touch on real quickly, and this is just the last part, so in Revelations 19.10, at the very end there, it says the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Yeah. See, at the end, when they found out that Jesus was coming and Lazarus was with him, not only did they plot to kill Jesus, but they wanted to kill Lazarus too. Right. Why? You're going to take out the big guy. Why? What's the point? If we, if we can take him out, everything else should crumble but they knew the power of the testimony of Jesus. They knew the power of when something good happens in your life, when Jesus moves in your life and you talk about it, that that's prophesying to it happening again. Right. That now if he did it for you and I find out about it, well then if that's the same Jesus that loves me, well then he can do it for me too. That's, right. that's what they are trying to kill. And that's why the last, 
what I want to say is just how important your testimony is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How important your testimony that prophesies to Jesus doing it again yeah. and doing it again for generations and generations. Your testimony is that oil. Yeah. Your testimony is that sacrifice that is going to go on for generations oh, yeah. and generations. So don't be afraid. When you have a testimony, though, you know what? It's because it came, more, more likely than not, it came out of a valley. It came out of a hard time. So even though it may bring up those memories, and you might be scared that if I talk about it, then it might happen again, and I'm giving glory to that. No, no. Remember, I don't always hit the fairway. But no matter where I'm at, it doesn't change my posture. My position doesn't change my posture, that it is always victory. It is always going forward. So I'll tell you my hard times. I'll tell you my struggles that it took to get me here. I'll tell you what things I'm struggling with right now because I am prophesying in my own life that I am going to get through this because God brought me through it once, then he'll bring me through it again. That is my position. That is where I stand. That is my posture, no matter my position. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.